like scary stories, if you like tasty beers, open up your mouth holes and open up your ears for... Let's see if we remember how to do this show. Yeah, it's we took a break. It took a we took a little bit of break. But but you wouldn't know, dear but listener. You, listener wouldn't know. You how wouldn't would you know? know. How would you know? Well, I think because we told we were confused about whether the episode was going to be in 2021 or 2022. Yes, whatever. So that could be a giveaway that no. we did take a break. No, we are that dumb. That's what our listeners need to know. I also I I every single week text Melissa and say, what time are we doing that? I have no concept. No. I, I write it down. I write it down. I still have no, no remembrance idea. of it. And, and that's fine. You can always rely on Who am on me. I? What am I? Where am I? What are we doing? What's happening? You can always rely on old podcast mom to know that's what time. That's what podcast moms do. That's what we yeah. do. That's Keep part the schedule. Of our, yeah, it's our They contract. tell you what time class starts. Mm-hmm. Give you that, give you the stink eye when you're, when you're making too many jokes over her story. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's very true this is all part of the podcast mom contract yeah, yeah. these are things we're going to take forward with us into the new year part yes. of the experience part of the experience that's what you're listening for yes and the stink eyes you can't see <laughs> the stink yes, <laughs> where bob it. and i just go oh she's mad yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and that's how you know stink eyes <laughs> um so speaking of the new year okay uh yeah. i guess lake superior state university Oh, oh my God, there's a university in a lake? Yeah. Can you believe it? It's a state. One, Lake Superior, a state. A whole state. It's a state of lake. Lake. It's a lake state of mind. It really is a lake state of mind. 51st state. Sorry, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Not gonna (laughs) happen. Fuck you, Guam. (laughs) Suck it, American Samoa. Samoa. (laughs) Yeah, Samoa, you're a delicious cookie. Not a state. Not a state. Uh... But anyway, every year, this uh, state university, which is not in a state, has listed 10 words or phrases that it has deemed misused, overused, and useless for the coming year. All right. Useless. Oh, man. Shots fired. Let's Let's see what these words are. Am I going to be mad? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how many of them I'm guilty of. I think that's the big question. It's a lot of corporate jargon. So I feel like of the three of us- it's R- me. ROI. Synergy. I, I think it's going to be me that's probably guilty of this. So I need to learn. All right. L- l- I, let's, let's, let's hear these okay. phrases. Okay. I'm excited you know, about them. Day job. Wait, what is one of them? Number Wait, one. Wait, what? Topped that list. A decision that officials defended by stating that the two four-letter words should, quote, not go together under any circumstances. So, oh, yeah, shit. We are not allowed to say, wait, what? Anymore. No, that's wrong. <laughs> no, wrong. Um, yeah, I I am I already disagree. Yeah, other phrases because one wait you need to stop what you're doing. What what are you what, talking what? what are you talking about? I have about? a question. Maybe you say I'm sorry. What? No. Or just no 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 no. Huh? That, that that's, maybe just huh? It, the problem is is that that's too many syllables. That's a very effective use of speech. So huh? already these guys are, are off to a bad start. Don't like them. Let's go to number two. Let's well, see if I'm going to be mad about this one too. So some of the other phrases include new normal. Okay, yeah, I hate that one. Oh, God. Okay, that smacks of COVID, and I hate it. Yes. Uh, You're on mute. (laughs) That that happens We should be past that. It's been almost two years. Yeah, until a motherfucker understands how to unmute themselves before they talk. Like, I'm sorry, we're going to keep using it. 
as somebody who has an office job, it still happens. Yes. As someone who plays D&D on Zoom often, it still happens. Oh. Yes. Um, asking for a friend. Okay. All, All right. right. Uh, supply chain. We are no longer allowed to speak of the supply chain. I think we literally have to talk about the we supply don't chain. Have I think to. it's. I think it's because we don't have a supply chain anymore. Maybe. And they're like, it's just it doesn't exist. Uh, at yeah. the end of the day. All right. I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, yeah. That being said. Okay. Same thing. Circle yeah. back. Hate circle. Uh, I try not to say circle. This is a lot of business jargon and deep dive. Oh yeah, I hate that shit. Yeah, oh yeah. So uh, I guess they vet thousands of submissions. They've published over a thousand entries, including one submitted by late comedian George Carlin in 1994. How fun! Nice. Um, (laughs) How fun! How fun! But anyway, so those are the list of banished words. They didn't list them out in this article that I found, but last year a lot of their. Uh, misused no more jargon was COVID based, which I understand. Yeah. It's still not going away. No. Just because you can't talk about it. You just just cause, don't go away. Yeah. yeah just because you're done doesn't mean it's done. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, that's literally what, what is happening right now. <laughs> yes. And yes. It's, it's, yeah. But, well, but, I mean, at the end of the day, COVID gonna do what COVID gonna do. COVID yeah. gonna circle back. Wait, what? Yeah. She, wait, what? <laughs> Jesus. But you know what? You know what's still going to be here at the end of the day? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Booze and Brews podcast. We are the podcast where we tell each other ghost stories. We drink thematically appropriate beer. And we will say whatever the fuck we want to say. Screw you, Lake University. Lake, yeah. Lake Superior. Lake Inferior. Hey. I know that you think that you're the superior lake. You're, you're not. not. You're not. Just There's not. better lakes out there. I've Michigan, seen them. Michigan, I think, is still number one. Michigan, what a bullet. great lake. It's a great lake. I mean, to really say that out of all the lakes in all the lands, you are the superior lake, that's bold. That is yeah. a bold, bold statement. And then to classify yourself amongst a great lake. It is the most superior of great, great lake. lakes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, bold words. I feel like I feel like Huron's going to be coming for you. I mean, that feels like some white male privilege. I feel like that lake is a is a is a white male boomer who who thinks you could have a house if you just stopped buying Starbucks. If you just stopped buying Starbucks and got a second or third job. Millennials are killing the Great Lakes. Yeah, that's what we're doing. What about J.C. Penney? Fuck you, Applebee's. Go home. So, when, I, when yeah. I talk about Applebee's, I get angry. And I know Chili's. you do. That's I why ang- I said Applebee's because I so knew it fun. would elicit. I, like, I felt my anger. blood pressure go up when you said Applebee's. Not, as someone who has in 2021 gotten food from both an Applebee's and a Chili's Ooh. delivery, thank you very much, not dine in. Uh, they're not that good. No. no, they're terrible. I mean, yes, in your small suburban whatever, that might be the epitome of like eating out. But let me tell you. Go no, no, it's not because there's some hole in the wall Romanian food yeah. that's way more delicious. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Everest on Grand. We, li- liter- we literally, I think we, it's like, is that, is that Applebee's country out there? Yes. <laughs> like that, we had this conversation. We had this conversation. Because we were looking at like, oh, you know, do we want to stay here? Like, where are some of the places we want to live? And one of yeah. these suburbs came like, up and. I was and, like, I think that's Applebee's country, right? Yeah, we're not country. living out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, in my experience, as one who lives in Applebee's country, yeah. you can find non-Applebee's places That's for food. True. You just got to look. Real Support hard. small local businesses. Mm-hmm. The food's way better. It's normally cheaper. Mm-hmm. Get it. 
do it. No, we're, we're very we're very lucky in where we live right now. A lot of very good small hole in the wall. A lot of lot of ethnic foods. Yeah, I love it. That they yeah. tone down for all the white people that live here. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, the annoying I recently I recently found a uh, jerk chicken place, Ooh. and I was like, "Ooh, yums!" And so I went in and I ordered food. I was talking to the woman who makes it. It's her and her whole family. Aww. Um, and I was talking to her because I was trying to get like uh, not have stuff out of onion in it, yes. and she made like whole special stuff for me. Aww. And I was like, so delicious. I was like, but it's really not that spicy, like because I got the hot version. Yeah. And I was like, I really expected it to be spicier because yeah. it's Caribbean, you know. And she was like, yeah, it was spicy for the first two weeks, but we had to tone it down because Utah. Because Utah! Is literally <laughs> what she said to me. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? It was not that spicy. She was like, next time just come and ask for native flavoring and it will be spicier. Oh, hell yeah. Because yeah. you know me, I don't eat as spicy as you two do. No. Oh, and yeah. it was not spicy to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it was well, flavorful, well, delicious, yes. but not spicy. Once again, shout out to Everest on Grand who say, fuck you to all these white people and they let you have it. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, uh, Engineer Bob is a big fan of of eating the hottest thing available to him. If if it can make the top of his head yeah. moist with sweat, I, yeah. it is delicious. I, I know that I've done it right when I put my hand on the top of my head and I hear that moist slap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so gross. It's <laughs> gross. 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 Speaking of uh, <laughs> nine <laughs> minutes in, first gross of 2020. 22. And mm. speaking of moist uh, head slapping, <laughs> boy, do we have a good episode for you. We do. We <laughs> actually have a, an episode I think Engineer Bob is going to be really excited about. I, I, I agree. I'm excited to be excited. So, <laughs> so, so our beer this week is from the, uh, the fourth and last local brewery I have found in my general vicinity. Okay. Okay. Um, I went there very recently and got some canned beers from them. So this is called Planet Utah. It's from Silver Reef Brewing Company, who makes not only craft beer, they also make hard liquor and wine. Whoa. Yeah. And their tasting room, you can get flights of any of it, which <gasps> I was like, that's really cool. I'm definitely going to do the beer. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really. And it feels it's in an old industrial area. So it feels like a Southern California that's brewery. Cool. I As like opposed it. to everything else out here is, is a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this Planet Utah is a double IPA. Nice. Yep. Nice, nice. It's incredibly dark for an IPA. Yeah. I saw Looks it and it is. like an amber. Um, but he's got a little alien who's like pulling on a tap, yeah. giving himself a little beer. He's got little alien horns. Yeah, he's he got a big spaceship. Perfect. He is one happy looking gray alien. Yeah, he's a happy alien. So we thought Planet Utah, it's got an alien on the can. It's it's aliens. a gimme. It's it's alien. It's gotta be. It's gotta it be alien. And and upon making sure we had not already done my story, the last time we did aliens was just about a year ago. Oh wow! Oh, it was January of last year. You know, Delightful. I, we have ourselves on a timer. Apparently, we have a set schedule that we don't yeah. know about. But good job. Can't us. wait for the uh, was... follow up to cryptids. Be, uh, that's <laughs> every uh, April. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll do it. I'm sure we will. For crepe, uh, so, crepe roll, crepe get out. Shit, crepe roll. That's where you eat delicious crepes. Yeah, yeah. it does feel it does feel like it's either crepes or crepe paper. Find mm. a chupacabra, slather it in Nutella, put it in a fine thin wrapper, pancake wrapper, pancake wrapper, chupacabra pancakes, yeah. delicious, pancake anyway. cabra. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, zero cryptids in my <sighs> stories. All right. Mine either, but. Chupa Crepra. 
Get out. <sighs> that Get was out. The, the crepe sucker. Get out. Better, That's but not better for April. <laughs> We are in January still, sir. Okay, I appreciate yeah, you keep trying, but maybe no. <laughs> maybe stop. I'm the I, you, mama didn't raise no quitter. <laughs> <laughs> maybe mama should have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost apologized for that, but I'm not getting soft. Oh no, um, that's a very good joke. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so I am going to tell you about Project Blue Book. Ooh, I was almost where you were you the, the Blue Book. I was hoping you were about to say Project Beluga. Project Baby Beluga yeah. in the deep blue sea. Uh huh. All right. He swims book. so wild and he, he swims so free. free. Uh, no, so the I'm going to say the waves go in and the waves go out. Good night, little whale. Good night. <laughs> Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do a Patreon about We're Raffy. as many Raffy references into this as you can. Go for it. Oh my god, I'm here for it. All right, Project Blue oh, Balls. Okay, so, uh, so my story is about aliens, or as the U.S. government would have you believe, a complete lack of aliens. Oh yeah, no, clearly not a single alien. Not a single fucking alien. Never. So, it's America, 1947. Yeah. A businessman doing business. That's what he does. A businessman, Kenneth Arnold, um, is flying his little businessman plane. Like? Going from one business adventure to his next business adventure. Sounds nice. Um, And so he is flying his plane and he sees nine objects in a V formation moving through the sky at he says it incredibly high speed and later clarifies he guesstimates around 1,700 miles per hour. Uh, How you guesstimate that? I don't know. Here's the thing. We are we are simple people. We are not pilots. We do not have any sort of fathomable like just we don't know. That, great. I was that like, was great work you. there. I, I feel that, as though I really understand your point and I would like to expound upon it. <laughs> All words left my head. Oh, really, it's really did. All of them. All it's a real scientific words. process her brain went through. So anyway, yeah, we cannot simply fathom because we are not experienced pilots. No, no, nor are we businessmen. Nor are we businessmen. He's a smart, smart businessman. Yeah, so of course he can guesstimate. Now, what if they said V formation? What if they're just supercharged geese? I was going to say, this sounds like a geese yeah, situation. Can supercharged geese fly 1,700 yes. miles per hour? They're supercharged. Let's be clear. That was a guesstimation. This guy doesn't fucking it know how fast like geese go. It's true. Um, so he sees these uh, nine objects. Like he, they, he sees them over Mount Rainier. So okay. it's at Washington. Washington. He sees them over Mount Rainier. Um, and funny little tidbit. So when he's first explaining this, he's like doing press about it and stuff. And he's talking to the U.S. military about it. And he explains how these objects moved through the sky. He said, quote, it's as uh, it's a saucer if you skip it across a water, which is where the term flying saucer came from. Oh, oh, cool. I didn't know that. So it's not, it was not in reference to the shape of the material. It was in reference to how it moves like a skipping stone. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, right. but that's where that term came from. Cool. From Mr. Businessman. Oh, Mr. Business. Um, so because of this, 
gets a lot of press. Yeah. Then the U.S. government has to get involved. Right. So then by late 1947, they're like, we're going to do a project and we're going to f- find out about these, u- these right. UFOs. We're going to we're going to work real hard about on these, it. We're going to send our best top notch <clears throat> agents. We're definitely not going to do that. We're not going to do that at all. We're not. But yeah, we we're are going to say we are. We are going to spend a lot of taxpayer dollars on it. Okay. So they're going to investigate these flying saucers because that's what they're called at this point. Yeah. So they start something called Project Sign. Okay. And Project Sign. Project e- Sucking? Sign. 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 S-I-G-N. Sign. Okay, yeah. Where that do you that- get sucking out of Did that? Did I say what- anything? Look. It sounded like sucking? Other Look, than sucking. The iPad is facing that direction. So maybe it, b- it bounced around the room weird. Maybe okay. if you so- put your hat and didn't cover up one ear. And you no, it's okay. Fruit. I think it's now Project Suck It. Okay, Project Suck It. Oh, look at that. So, so look at what I did. You know, I, you know I what? made the show better after your Bob, rude comment. Bob came up with a better name. We're adapting. Project Suck It was started in late 1947. So like pretty quickly after this businessman saw these flying saucers. For sure. Um, and it starts out at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which is uh, affectionately called Wright-Pat. Oh. oh. Um... Which uh, they're going to investigate this this occurrence. Their results are inconclusive. Of course they are. Um, so then there starts to be some more flying saucer sightings. sightings. So then in 1948, the next year, they start a new project called, I shit you not, Project Grudge. Why Grudge? Mm. Because Why not Project the whole, Runway? They could be on a fashion show too. I know. Heidi Klum, make it I, work. Why not whole, Why not Project Sucking 2 Electric Suckaloo? <laughs> electric Suckaloo would have been better. It would have uh, been but the whole, I need to be in charge point, of government uh, operation naming. I would vote for it. Um, <laughs> the whole point of Project Grudge, I'd be the only one, but I would vote for it. I'll take uh, it. The whole point of Project Grudge is to disprove all of these. That's always the point. It's never to like find out what they are. Oh, it's no. to prove why they're not aliens. Al- of course. Yes. Why, so why literally, the government just, to, uh, just acknowledge with open arms, let them in, welcome the aliens. I mean, I've seen Independence Day. I know what happens when you try to welcome them, but still. No, literally their entire purpose written in their like purpose statement is to debunk these um so they come to the conclusion that everything is a quote natural occurrence so it's something that is happening in nature even though of the events that they investigated 23 percent of them they can't figure out how they happen but it's natural but they're they're all natural even though 23 percent of them we don't know what they are Right, but it's natural. It's not aliens, duh. And and even the ones that they could know what they are, they were like, we can't tell you because this is the late 40s. This is the Cold War. This is, it's the Soviet like, technology coming over. Yeah. Oh, so they're, they, what they actually explain to the public is much, much lower. Weather um, balloons. Yes, Swamp it's a gas. lot of weather Swamp balloons. It, it's basically a lot. It's all weather balloons or Soviet spy planes. Oh. That's all it is. Uh, except the 23% that they can't explain. Right. Well, but fine. doesn't matter, all natural. So then uh, they start to get more and more uh, reports in. They realize, okay, these flying saucer reports aren't going anywhere. We should really have a like bigger, more important process and grouping of people that deal with these flying saucers right. so Enter on march 1st, men in black starring yes will smith tommy lee jones and will smith so so march 1st 19 what year was that i think 48 later 48 maybe 49 they start project blue book okay which is its whole purpose is to investigate these 
flying saucer sightings. And you may wonder, why is it called Project Blue Book? Because it's and a Kelly like, Blue Book. Are they also going to value the cost or the, <laughs> the you know, UFO? How much, no. how much would I resell this? If I, you were to trade it in, how much would you get? Versus how much a dealership would give you. Yeah. No, it's dumber than that. Oh. It's based off of those blue exam books that you take tests on in college because, quote, this investigation should be as important as a college final exam. Which None they of my meant college to s- finals were that important. Uh, maybe they were in the 40s. Yeah. They meant to say it as like, this is the peak of importance. Maybe. Maybe. That's why we're calling it Blue Book. All right. Fine. That's literally why it's called Project Blue Book. really lame name, but fine. Yes. Fine. So it is run by Captain Edward J. Ruppelt. Sure. Sure. Ruppelt. Ruppelt. That's more fun to say. So he's running it, and he is the one who changes all of the official government terminology from flying saucer to unidentified flying objects. All right. He is the one to coin this phrase, and he says that he chose this because it's, quote, more neutral and more accurate. Oh, it's sexier. It looks nicer. It's more svelte. It's beautiful. Yes. So... Mr. Captain Edward is like, I am going to put science to this because he doesn't super know if he believes in the UFOs or not at this point. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, we're going to use science to figure this out. So he takes what they've learned from Project uh, Shove It and Project Project Grudge. Shove It? (laughs) It went from sucking to sucking to shove it. Shove it. Yep. My brain forgot. Yeah. So he takes everything they've learned from these two previous iterations and he builds a a questionnaire, a basic form questionnaire that they're going to apply to every single report that comes in that basically takes it makes everything like quantifiable. Was there something in the sky? Yes. The alien come down to see you. Yes. Did it have big black eyes? Yes. Yes. Did it put anything in your butt? Yes. 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 Done. Not aliens. Not, oh. Never aliens, guys. It's just a perverted person with really big eyes. It's the Soviets. Um, oh, it's no. perverted Soviets. <laughs> or any Soviet. That's um, the thing anybody knows, is that these Soviets are, these, these Ruskies are sex pests, and that's what we know about them. They come over to here in their flying saucers and immediately defile everyone's anuses. Disgusting. Uh, Soviets well known for liking it up the butt. Mm, tune in. Unnatural. <clears throat> so he he creates this questionnaire which is supposed to take it's supposed to make everything uh less subjective okay so like he's trying to make science out of all of this um and he actually starts running like statistical analysis on it on like the very first iterations of computers oh, to wow. keep all of this information and data like correct and like how they can compare it to each other so he's really looking at it from a very scientific perspective of like what do all of these mean what do they have in common what don't they have in common let's figure out the common threads mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and he was he wanted everyone on the team to be and this is a huge team because it's a, a huge division run out of the Air Force Base at this point. Mm-hmm. And he wants everyone on the team to maintain an open mind about things. So if anyone's reports or like conversations around the water cooler start to be either much too much in support of aliens or much too much in disbelief of aliens, they're fired. Oh, whoa. Okay. Hmm. You can't be too much one way or the other. You have to be middle ground because that's the only way you're going to find the truth. Wow. Yes. All right. Respect. So, Respect. In 1953, they get a ton of reports in. It's like a, it's a big boom year. Right. For UFOs. Um, They get hundreds of sightings in. So then Truman is like, we got to do something about this. And Mm -hmm. then the CIA is like, don't worry, boo, I got you. So they created this panel of experts that's headed by H.P. Robertson. Um, 
who's from Caltech to look, look through all of this information that the U.S. government has compiled over all the years they've been studying it and decide what to do about UFOs. Okay. Um, it's called the like Patterson Report. Okay. Okay. And, um, and so they, they have this whole panel of like super muckety muck famouses about science and space and all of this. The government's so basically, uh, Captain Edward presents all the best stuff they found in the past six years. Everything they found from all three projects. Okay. They think about it for 12 hours and they come back and they go, UFOs aren't real. <laughs> and they come back and they say, we can disprove 90% of these. Sure. Yep. So mm-hmm. none of them are real, obviously. obviously. And they start to blame it on things like mass hysteria. They even blame like Walt Disney for like faking some of this footage. Wait, what? He's a talented like, Walt filmmaker. Disney Productions is like such a high quality, like uh, able clearly, to do yeah. special effects and stuff. Clearly. So like obviously these are like Walt Disney quality special effects that are happening. <sighs> yes. Um. So they say, here's what we need to do. We need this is what they release to the public. No, this is what they release to the public. They say we've proven UFOs aren't real. We're done. Okay, but really, because all of these records became unsealed with Freedom of Information Act, really, what they did is they said, "Yeah, ten percent of these, we have no fucking idea what they are, but people are going to freak the fuck out. So we're just going to start a propaganda campaign of misinformation, so that everyone forgets about UFOs. Do that? No. Yeah, but we're going to keep studying it, and then." This is proven, like backed up by the fact that that same year, the Air Force started a new regulation called Regulation 146, which made any information that you you share with anyone who's not in the Air Force and not at your clearance level about UFOs or any UFO technology. They rip your dick off. It's a minimum two years in prison and $10,000 fine. So not as not as stringent as the dick ripping. No. But still pretty bad. Not dick ripping. But I did do the conversion. $1953 that's about a hundred grand. Oh yeah, I'd keep my That's mouth significant. Shut. I wouldn't so say it's a hundred thousand bucks and two years in prison for every time you do it. All right, all right. I'm just gonna not talk to anybody yeah, ever. The, the answer is shut the yeah, fuck up about UFOs. Clearly, yes. I need to become a monk. So or the just Air don't Force talk is to like, about UFOs. That's the other option. You don't have to do all the yeah. other crazy shit. Don't tell me what to do. Uh, th- th- no, I'm well, not. Okay, Uncle okay it's a hundred bucks, a hundred grand if you if you decide to do it. Yeah. You do what you want, but it's gonna cost you. Yeah. Whatever. I'm gonna rob some banks be right back okay. uh, you're, you just keep you digging do- this hole and it's very strange <laughs> whatever if that's the hill you want to die on bam will be everybody needs to know you. about aliens <laughs> yeah so the, and, and so what they did ye- to my butt and what they did to my butthole <laughs> for years everyone thought okay they did the robertson panel they proved that ufos were real they stopped that's not at all no. what happened False. okay um they made they made laws to cover it up um and they started a propaganda campaign of misinformation. Nice. Um, and Project Blue Book kept running. Um, ah. So it's still running out of the Air Force Base. Um, and now they're only taking official reports from like people who like can be believed. So like credible sources and like other military people. Okay. Would so, I like, be a credible source? No. So like oh. you used to be able to just Far. call them up and be like, I saw a UFO. But right. now it's like you don't even know that this exists anymore. Mm. So the only way you could report it is if you were a police officer and it got it got taken up the chain of command so much that it made it to them. Oh. So these I are saw a flying like, saucer. Somebody touched my butt. And it has to go all the way up to the And then it's got to go up to the DA. Yeah. And, then it goes and Truman's got to approve like, it. He said, I, nope, I don't believe that guy touched your butt. 
I've got the I've got the phone number of the alien butt touching guy. I'm going to put you in yeah, contact I got with him. him. Yeah. I believe your story. <laughs> Thank you. I believe you. Um, so then in 1954, uh, Captain Edward was let go from Project Blue Book and he was replaced by Captain Hardin, who was staunchly anti UFO, did not believe in it, did not believe in any of it. And basically what they did is and like they would look at uh, whatever the report came in. And if they could write immediately be like, nope, that's a comment, they would be like, nope, this has been proven. And if they didn't know what it was, they would just get rid of the report. So they literally stopped investigating. And so the amount of unexplained incidences went down to about 1%. Of course it did. Because they literally just stopped investigating. Then in 1956 or two years later, uh, Harden leaves and Captain Gregory comes in and he's even more anti-UFO. Oh my God. Nice. So he is like, okay. This proves that that propaganda campaign that they initially set out on works. Yeah, they turned their own people. Yes. So he is like, okay, we're getting some heat for like literally throwing away reports. Yeah. So we're going to have to investigate him. We're going to burn So what now. he does is he has the whole, uh, the whole organization rephrase how they word things. Oh, wow. So literally there are documents that have him outlining this procedure now. The word possible becomes the word probable. So if you say it's possible that that was a comet, it's now probable that wow. that was a comet okay. and now right. explained sure if it was probable that it was a comet it now was a fucking comet wow okay okay yes and and anything like was removed from reports so if you said i saw a balloon like thing in the sky it would say i saw a balloon in the sky man mm. yes so they're Christ. like huh Again, around 1% are unexplained because they're just lying. They're right. just doing make-em-ups. This is all make-em-ups. The U.S. government yes. is a bunch of make-em-ups. I knew so it. So then in 1958, he leaves. This new guy, Captain Friend, comes in. And he is nobody's he friend. He doesn't believe in UFOs, but he believes in science like our first friend did. Okay. So he's like, I'm going to try and explain these. So he's like, I would like to reopen us actually investigating these reports. I need money to do it. And the government said, no, we don't pay you to investigate things. Fine. Okay. And then he said, "Okay, well, how about some of these old cases that are obviously misclassified? I would like to reopen them and just look at them. We've already paid to look at them. Let's just look at them again. And the government said, no. Bunch of cheap asses. I love that. Th- this sounds like like a TV show, right? Like this guy comes into this government agency and like examines cold cases of aliens. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this and the government alien says, cold case. Write this Stop down. Don't steal it. our idea, Don't internet. <laughs> and so, so he works there for a couple of years and he eventually uh, leaves. And his recommendation is that this project is so ineffectual that it should just close down because it's not doing anything. It's just wasting money mm-hmm. at this point because you're not investigating. Yes. You're not going back and like reinvestigating things. It's like, why are we even here? I get it. Because they're because they're trying to take reports from other people that are like, this is a UFO. And they're, it's a it's a way for them to say, no, it's not. Ugh, Even geez. though they're doing absolutely nothing except saying, no, no it's, it's not. not. All right. All right. Fine, fine. So then in 1963, it's taken over by Captain, what I assume is Quintanilla. 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 Sure. How do you spell that? Doesn't matter. Q-U-I-N-T-A-N-I-L-L-A. Quintanilla. Yeah, Quintanilla. Yeah. Okay. Quintanilla. He is. He's the biggest asshole. So we're allowed to hate him. Okay. Oh. Then he's then he's Quintanilla. Then he's he's Quintanilla. Mm. Yeah. He's he's Vanilla uh, Queef. He's he's 
He's vanilla scented queef. So vanilla queef is uh, is promoted to this position, and immediately everyone around him is like, "This man is not competent." Oh, like, he's a dum dum. This man has. They were like, the minute he was given this position, our entire drooling. project quote lost all credibility it had oh. left. Wow. Um, so much so that his direct report, so people who report directly to him, yeah. are like, he is fucking up so badly. But honestly, it's not his fault. They said, quote, he shouldn't be held accountable because he's so outside his depth. He's so stupid. stupid. <laughs> he's so I think he was just like, I don't even know that he's dumb. I think he was a yes man to one specific person. And then got this who job. got 14 raises in a row in a week and is now running a project yeah. that he's like, I don't know. He works I used for the to Walt fill the copier. He's a, he's a guy that actually like worked in a bolt factory that like pulled right. the lever that that like made the bolt and then they made him in yeah. charge of the alien program. This is yes. like every corporate America middleman. Yeah, that's literally ever. every yes. VP I ever worked for at Disney. So yeah. the Disney analogy continues to hold continues. water. Yes. So they in the in the sixties we start to get these huge events where multiple like sometimes events where hundreds of people see something. Oh, and so this is the 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 vanilla uh, vanilla queef vanilla queef yeah vanilla kints but that's a different that's so totally vanilla different queef thing. is a very different thing. So vanilla queef is now investigating these mass sightings okay of ufos and um like and he just writes all of them off immediately him and his team just writes all of them off so for example there was a case in 1956 or 1965 where uh there were lights seen over texas that were so large and so high up in the sky that they saw them all the way into oklahoma city whoa whoa so they saw them through this huge i mean there's also not a lot of other shit out in that part of texas but so they so hundreds of people see this um and uh his scientists come back and they go hmm science 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 nope it wasn't multiple lights you saw up at the sky it was jupiter what classic did jupiter have like does it have like reduplication powers no jupiter had diarrhea had space diarrhea and then bloom it really did because immediately the texas planetarium speaks up and says no Jupiter is on the other side of the universe at this time of the year. It's blo- It's on the other side of the planet. It's not visible how, from any part of Texas or Oklahoma this time of the year. How dare you drag <laughs> my Jupiter into your it's nonsense? Not Jupiter. And their official report still says... Jupiter? No, nah, dude, it's Jupiter. Oh, my God. They... Yes. Oh, gaslighters. So then there was another one where this mass sighting was seen everywhere from parts of Massachusetts to New Hampshire. Dang, okay. Huge chunks of hundreds and hundreds of people see this one giant thing up in the sky. They come back and say, it's a flying billboard that's a gasoline ad. Wait, what? And some of them are literal Air Force personnel because that's how it's getting to them because obviously like joe schmo in the street doesn't get to them but these air force personnel are like there's absolutely no way that's not any any way shape or form what looked like what i saw and they're like nope that's what it was though it's a flying billboard for gasoline sure you had altitude sickness stupid shut up man you just all of you are intoxicated clearly this is what it is you're gonna be dishonored pretty much Pretty much, that's exactly what happens. They're like, nope, you're wrong. Wow. So then in 1966, there's another huge mass sighting up in Colorado. And so this time, it's starting to get press. So they're like, okay, 
Congress is going to have to do something about this. We're going to have to do another investigation. Right. So they get together some more people, just like they did before with the Robertson. And uh, this time it's run by a man who is, that's not his name. I wrote Edward Condom. That's not (laughs) his name. (laughs) Nope, that's his name. I think it was Condone, but his name is Edward Condom Condom now because that's what I wrote on the paper. Eddie Condom. Yep. So it became the Condom Report. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and they investigate this Colorado incident. They spent like a year and a half investigating it and they were like, nope, it's not a UFO. And they're like, okay, but what is it? They're like, I'll tell you what it's not a UFO. (laughs) Well, what is it? Not a UFO, but what it not a UFO. So then, um, that, that committee wrapped up in that committee wrapped up in 1968 by 1969 there was like there were there were less individual incidents to investigate and more of these like mass sightings and they were like okay their project blue book is really not equipped to do this Mm -hmm. Mm. so we're gonna shut it down so they actually in a beautiful bit of government bureaucracy they actually shut down project blue book in january of 1970 okay but they didn't want it on the record for any of the 70s. So they post-dated everything and said that they shut it down in December of 69. And they didn't. <sighs> Jesus. Like, they just lied so that it wouldn't be involved in the 70s. Jesus. I love it. Right. Yep. So Project Blue Book officially ended in 1969. Uh-huh. Air quotes. Um, over the course of its tenure, it got 12,618 reports. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so some of these are these huge sightings with multiple witnesses, but that's still just one report. Mm-hmm. Um, n- oh, all in all, about 90% they have been able to identify and classify and, and figure out what it is. Okay. And now you have to remember that some of this includes those years where it was 1%. Right. So the average is higher if you discount those bullshit years. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, that means there are uh, 701 unidentified incidents that the U.S. government has basically just said, Yeah, I don't know, man. Fucking weird. Space is weird, dude. Yep. And yet they closed Project Blue Book with, quote, proof that (laughs) UFOs don't exist. If you discount all of the ones that we just don't know yeah just 700 incidents those don't matter those don't we matter. have no and like We've again some of these it ain't in, it ain't some in. of these are like huge incidents don't that matter. hundreds of people saw it's these, not one little dude in aren't a, not the droids one, you're looking for i'm sorry yeah, these they are Jedi not the droids you're looking for all of us into and, thinking aliens are not i real. think these and, are actually the droids we're looking for though because they weren't able to identify them mm. yeah um, and all of this only came out in the like 90s and 2000s because of Freedom of Information Act requests, mm-hmm. because the U.S. government told everyone they stopped Project Blue Book back in the 50s. And then we found out that they're liars. And then they were they're lying. They're liars. The government would never they lie were to me. just internally being like, no, it's Jupiter. Was they it, were only lying to themselves. Was it mass hysteria or were like it was the 60s and everybody was just on drugs? Ooh, maybe it was just like know. this is like a Timothy Leary event, right? Collect- like every maybe. one of these guys was tu- turning on, tuning in, dropping out, dropping tuning acid, dropping out. seeing aliens. Um, so, but my favorite part of this whole story is about this astronomer named Dr. J. Allen Hunick. Yep, Hunick. Hu- yep, Hunick. J. Allen Tunick. J. Allen Pubic. PJ, sure. Janet Pubic, um, who started uh, with this program as a consultant on Project Chubb. Oh. 
Um, so all the way back in the very beginning, he worked in all three iterations. He worked under all the various leadership that there was. Uh, he was like sometimes he was a consultant. He was members of those big panels that they did. He was lead scientist at some point. So he sort of bipped and bopped around. Yeah. But he was there for the whole time, like 50 years. He worked on this fucking thing. Um, and he started as like a huge cynic. Like, mm. I don't believe in any of this. He's an astronomer. So yeah. he's like, no, no, no. This is all celestially explained. Sure. And the longer he spent there, the more he was like, one, no. this program is complete and utter bullshit. Oh. Um, he started, he says it's like the way that it's run is like so ineffectual. Yeah. It's literally, its only purpose is to disprove things as opposed to find things with science. He like started calling it the Society for the Explanation of the Uninvestigated. Oh. Sick Shots burn. fired. Sick burn, um, Alan Tudyk. But so he doesn't come out and specifically talk about his individual, what he has seen. Yeah. Because he's still bound by all these government contracts that he signed. Sure. Yeah. However, after leaving Project Blue Book, when it closed down, he started the Center for UFO Studies in Colorado, where he continues to work on science that will that is is working towards proving that UFOs are real. Oh, wow. So this man who saw everything Right, is now starting. Who went in not school. believing now believes. Saw so much shit that he was like, no, they're fucking out there. Yeah. And yes. these assholes are not looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love um, it. I love like the, the skeptic that becomes like that. No, this shit's fucking real, you guys. Yes, I, just, it, I simply cannot talk about it. He, he he can't because of all these government, because we yeah. worked for the government for so long. And you know he's just dying to tell people. Oh, yeah. like, I fucking seen some school. shit. And so the best stories to come out of this place are all associated with a place called Hangar 18, which is uh, Mm. where they did the alien autopsies. So that's where a lot of the like firsthand I saw a little green man stories come from. Okay. And that's when I'm going to do my Patreon on this one. More aliens. Oh my God. Because you know they got to be real. The U.S. government spent so long, I feel like one of those people on YouTube right now. Oh, you totally (laughs) are. Welcome. The U.S. government spent so long and so much money trying, all they were trying to do was disprove it. Mm -hmm. They couldn't disprove all of it. Nope. Nope. And they hid it from us. They hid it from us. They don't want us to know the truth. They don't want us to know the truth. The truth is out there. What about what about what about all of the technological advancements that we made so quickly after the Roswell incident? Nobody likes to talk about it. No. All alien technology. Your iPhone, aliens. Aliens. Your car, aliens. aliens. Your butthole. Your butthole, aliens. aliens. Maple syrup. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah. Do you enjoy your your electric Tesla? It's because so many people had things in their butts. Yep. It's, yeah. Elon, Mu- Elon Musk has a lot their of their butthole virginity. Elon for your Musk Tesla. has a thousand Bitcoin in his ass at any time. Yeah. Anytime. Elon Busk. Yeah. Yeah. Elon's butt. <laughs> anyway, that is the story of Project Blue Book and how the government doesn't want you to believe but that they, there are aliens. Oh, but there are. I love it. Nice. Oh, hey, we'll be back in a minute and we'll tell you some more alien stuff, probably. Bye bye. Hello, everyone. It is I, Zebulon from Ryloth 4, an alien. Anyway, I, I 
Booze and Brews podcast. Hey, go to iTunes and leave a review. Use your hands to input your de- into your devices with iTunes reviews. And then go to patreon.com slash booze and brews where they have audio episodes, video episodes, and show sketches. It, 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 place them in your ocular receptors and, in, and enjoy them. And also your auditory ones. At social media websites to communicate on space time. Uh, what Twitter? Booze and Bruce. Facebook. Booze and Bruce. Instagram. Booze and Bruce podcast. Back to the show. Welcome Man, back. that's the best interstitial we've had in a while. <laughs> it was just pure nonsense. Like that was just... great. That was that was yeah. That was great. It was nice of us to invite Zebulon. Two, to to do, two to thumbs up, read. Zebulon. No notes. None. It was great. That guy really is an incredible salesman. He, he really sold this podcast. I'm so glad he came down from Zebulon 6 or wherever he was I from. I don't remember where he's from. Is was, he Zebulon from Zebulon? Is that what happened? Maybe. Sure. sure. That's probably what he said. <laughs> There's no 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 way to figure that out. There's no way. No, we certainly can't go back and listen to that. We can't go back with our auditory receptors and figure mm-hmm. it out. Ocular or our auditory it's to so, find out. No. They, they say things in such an interesting way on his planet. Yeah, I'm so glad that we were able to, you know, it's like through Google Translate. Yeah. Yeah. We Google Translated and that's what it ended up. And thank you for coming down to our planet, sir. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for making busy, the trip. Very busy. We schedule. believe in you. Yeah. Even very, if the U.S. government doesn't want us to. That's right. Hey, what's the next door? <laughs> <laughs> So Bob is dying at his own joke his right own now. Joke. It's not dying. my own joke. It's I'm laughing at how fucking stupid I am. <laughs> like no one entertains Bob More as Bob. much as Bob does. Yeah. He's this endless source of entertainment for himself. I mean, honestly, uh, that's a good way to be, you yeah. know? Yeah, you're never alone. <laughs> so I am not going to be talking about uh America. North America. How dare you? United yeah. States of America. On America's no, no. birthday. No, it's not. Oh. On her birthday. Wow. Wow. On our birthday. Now, I'm going to tell God, you about. that was so long ago. No. Yeah. This made me very reminiscent for Disneyland. <laughs> I know. Since neither one of us can readily go anymore. It's quite <sighs> sad. Uh, no. So I'm going to tell you about uh, Puma Punku. In Puma Bo- Punku, Puma Punku in Bolivia, South America. So whilst not North or the United States of America, we're gonna go South America. Let's go. Sudamerica. Let's go to South America. So Puma Punku or the Gate of the Puma, right name. The Puma Gate. Puma Gate uh, is a pre-Columbian archaeological site located about forty-five miles west of La Paz, Bolivia, um, about twelve to thirteen thousand feet high in the Andes Mountains. Oh, now we see it. Yep, now I see it with my it's eyes. It's not a great place for soccer players. No, no. I mean, that's where you go to eat other people. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in 1546, a Spanish colonizer, Pedro Cieza de Leon, stumbled upon these ruins during his search for the capital of the Incan Empire, missing completely, but a short distance away. He also discovered the ruins of Tiahuanaco. So, Tijuana. Quantico and Tijuana had a T- baby. Tijuanaco. And yeah, Quantico. And Quantico. <laughs> the Quantico. Uh, so considering how closely these two sites sit, scientists think that they are connected. Um, Tijuanaco was the center of, a, of religious ceremonies as legend places that it, of, at like the center of the universe. 
So that's okay. That yeah. w- okay. So okay. local legend, they're like, this is the center of the universe. Therefore, we have built this around. This is where God lives. Everything revolves around him. Right. Exactly. Welcome to God's house. That's Jesus. just house. that's exactly how Utah City plans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the nearby Pumapunku uh, served as a spiritual and ritual center for its citizens. Um, oh my God, it's a Kabbalah center. It's kind of a Kabbalah center because the mountain into which Pumapunku was integrated and built into is believed to be the home to the spirits of the dead. Oh, pretty metal. Mm, could be the Scientology uh, celebrity center too. Don't, yeah, don't more, look that it's, up. It's LDS meet Scientology. Yeah. That's look, really look, what look for the look for the original body of Tom Cruise before they cloned him. This ancient civilization. No is one all wants about. to see that anymore. It's just getting older and older in a painting somewhere in L. Ron Hubbard's attic. Yeah. LRH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna come back. They're keeping that house for him. Yep. yep. He's gonna come back. So Looking added Sea Org, baby. <laughs> billion year contracts. No one dies. When you die on your Sea Org contract, you're not dead. Will you just come back? I mean, that's why they're keeping his house. It like has cigarettes in it and stuff for him. Oh, go- oh thank God. Please, yeah. I want them to be like 50-year-old cigarettes at this point. Oh, they will. And he's going to come back as a bebe. And they're going to be like, hey, bebe, have some cigarettes. What? Have <laughs> some 50-year-old <laughs> cigarettes, bebe. Good for you. Mm, these unfiltered baby cigarettes. So good for your lungs. I mean, don't worry about it. As soon as he comes back, the miscavages are going to have him murdered. So it's fine. It's true. I mean, because David already killed his wife. He could have come back five times over already. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. Good point. Why did you say that shit in the podcast? Now he's going to sue us. (laughs) Comedy podcast set in jest. All satire. Shut up. Fair use. Fuck you. So at its peak, Pumapunku is believed to have been, quote, unimaginably wondrous, with uh, wow i can't even imagine it you can't it's unimaginably wondrous polished metal plaques brightly covered um ceramic and fabric ornamentation so your mind's eye can see it now the delights of pumapunku uh the tiawanaku civilization and that uh and the use of these sites peaks from about 700 to 1000 a.d um and had about 400,000 citizens residents at its peak Okay. During such time, the people developed uh, infrastructure, including irrigation to support their crops of potatoes, quinoa, and corn. Sounds delicious. Yeah, right? Mm. Uh, However, the culture dissolved fairly abruptly in about 1,000 AD. In about 1,000 gallons of sulfuric acid. Yeah. Uh, Rather quickly. It was super fast. It was just they were boiled away, and now it is goo. Uh, researchers aren't exactly sure why, but they do believe that there was a rapid onset of an extended drought, which killed the crops, which then sent its 400,000 residents scattering into the mountains before disappearing completely. Like this civilization for f- does not exist. Okay. Got yeah. it. There was no more food. They went out to look for food and they and were they like, why died. would we go back to the place with no food? Right. Exactly. Um, they got and- lost on their way to the super target. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. So the sort of yeah, man. Siri told them to go east. They were like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Eat what? Eat Left what? or right, bitch? Shit. Uh, the Inca people arrived in 1470. So the kind of it's believed that eventually, like those who moved off into the mountains, maybe formed other civilizations, etc. And all of these people ended up becoming the Incas. Got it. And like 400 years later, they were like, hey, remember that town we left? We yes. should go back to that town. It's already got town built, yeah. you know. It was already in ruins when the Inca found it. 
uh, 400 years later. So they arrived in 1470. And while, you know, the former inhabitants were long gone, um, the Incas recognized the sacred nature of this particular site to that previous Mm. civilization. They said this is where God lives. Yeah. And they added their own little spin, their own little spice onto the story as well. So they were like, this is where God lives and where LRH lives. Yeah, everybody. Everybody lives here. And Zenu. Um, in Inca tradition, this is where the world was created. The Tijuanaco site is where the world was created. Um, and the god Viracocha rose from Lake Titicaca to create the sun, stars, <laughs> and mankind. He then... <laughs> Robert. <laughs> you child <laughs> it was just so earnest like did <laughs> <laughs> um not gonna lie every time i read it whilst uh looking through the story i did say it in beavis's voice in my head <laughs> yeah nice Anyway, so uh, their god rose from the lake to create the sun, stars, and mankind. He traveled to Tijuanaco. Okay, that sounds like a superior lake, by the way. If oh. a lake is creating gods, I'm just saying. That is a more superior lake. You know, yeah. superior. To, to circle back, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm looking at you, superior. How, how dare you? You better consider a name change. Um, but yeah, he traveled there and brought civilization. He then went to Puma Punku and created men, women from stone and took their seed grouse to the four corners of the earth. Nice. So that is kind of like the origin legend that the Inca people, uh, the ancient have, Incans splooged into the sky. Yeah. yeah. A God came out of a lake. He jacked this dude off and then he took his jizz on a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a cool movie. I watched this movie. <laughs> I, that's what you just said. I mean, it's like American Pie, like Titty Taka. Dude, took his jizz on a road, road trip. trip. I, I, I firmly stand by. That's what you just said. Yeah, I. Uh, you know what? I agree with you. Um. So, what does Puma Punku look like? Um, your mom. It looks like your mom. It is a terraced earthen mound. Uh, faced <laughs> mound uh, faced with blocks it's about 549 feet wide and 380 feet long uh, with a 66 foot wide projections that stick out on the northeast and southeast corner so it's t-shaped okay um it had three levels of stone retaining walls uh the stones themselves are made of red sandstone and come from lake uh from red sandstone and come and come comes from lake titicaca so they just, of course it does of course it does um and are huge those stones Should be that lake remain dicky jizz jizz <sighs> nailed it good joke bob you're <laughs> killing it, it. Good killing job. it today so five he- so five. five i'm the i'm the best <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody around here needs to appreciate me and clearly it's just going to be it's me. just going to be you <laughs> lake dick Jizz jizz. Jizz jizz. Huh? I'm funny, right? Right? See, yes. see, cause like you just were talking about dicks. And, and see, so I, I, what yes, I did was. Wait. I, oh my God. I love it when you explain your dumb jokes. It's the best. The I don't understand them otherwise. I oh, mean, I, I'm grateful Everybody for the would, service you provide. No. The- <laughs> <laughs> Again, <laughs> Bob entertains himself. Yeah. Yeah. So he's having a great day. Um, so anyway, he's been in quarantine too long, too long, oh, man. 
He's like, I find myself hilarious. So the <laughs> stones that remain are very, very large in size. Um, the largest of the blocks is about 20. Well, the largest that I could find is about 25 feet long, 16 feet wide, three feet thick and 131 tons. Um, so it's it's massive. And you look up pictures um, online and there's a it's pretty well maintained like the stones that remain are pretty nicely uh shaped and they're famous for what are called h stones they're like these big giant blocks that have the letter h on them and there's like pressed into them like carved into them so like all of these stones you look at them and they are immaculately carved and the wall there's like this little wall archway kind of thing that you walk through and the, it's still standing after all these years. Like the way in which everything was cut and laid, you don't need, there's no nails. There's obviously, this is like ancient times. There's no like, you know. H is for Hubbard. These concrete were or anything left like that. by Zenu. Yeah. So, um, but it, it's still standing and it's all supported by itself. Um, it's pretty amazing when you, when That's you look cool. at it. And the stones are huge and they're all in one piece. Like, the, the when you think giant- about the fact that like if we all died tomorrow, mm-hmm. nature would take back our like prefab homes oh, pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, that would but still hundreds be of years in the jungle and yeah. that's still there. Yeah, up in the mountains, these like <clears throat> this thousand, twelve hundred year old, like, you know, almost two thousand year old stone is just perfectly preserved. Yeah. It's pretty They don't make them like they used to. Nope, they don't. So archaeologists think that the stones were transported by either a huge labor force, but more people are kind of not really buying that at this point because they did have to come from the lake and then they have to like climb it up the mountain and they're like, there just wasn't enough people to do that. What they actually think um, happened was that people pulled the stones up the mountain using llama skin ropes on ramps and inclined things. So basically like they dragged them uphill. They made a conveyor belt. Yeah, more or less. Um, The stones were chiseled and honed to interlock into neighboring stones. So kind of what I was talking about earlier. So they fit together like a puzzle. Um, fun sweet yeah um but these stones were the way that the stones were cut shows a sophistication and knowledge of stone cutting and understanding of geometry that no other civilization had exhibited at that time okay Um, so they're the smarty smarts they really were so for example the joints are so precise that a razor blade cannot fit in between them Wow. It's pretty sweet. Um, The precision also suggests possible prefabrication or mass production because everything was exactly the same, kind of like those H stones. Oh, got it. They made a... They had a uh, a factory. Yeah. They basically had like a stone factory. (laughs) Then the people who made Pumapunku were like, I I need to order 45 of them H stones. You need to load them up the mountain. These H stones are not the code. They are not the code. I will not be paying full price. Um, but yes, so <laughs> I will not be paying full price. Uh, so yeah, it's well, well in advance of the Incan successors. So it almost seems like you had this like incredibly highly developed, you know, civilization. And when they went away, it seems like every bit of knowledge that they had didn't get passed on. So the Incans were much more primitive than their predecessors, which is oh, got it. pretty crazy. Um, it's also likely that this group of people, the Tiawanaku people, had additional tools to create exact geometric cuts. Because if you look, they've got like little six-pointed stars that they've kind of cut into there. They have like other design sort of elements. And it looks like they used, like this is kind of part of the, the, the conspiracy theory here I'm about to get into, but it almost looks like they were laser cut. Oh. But they think that Jewish they had lasers. Jewish, Jewish lasers. lasers. <laughs> oh 
Now people are. Gonna- oh no! <laughs> we both went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, they they think that they had these you know special tools that were lost over time. Jewish space lasers. They had yeah, Jewish we're space there. Lasers. Or, or if you are not part of the lamestream science community, you believe that it was aliens. Okay. Ancient aliens. Ancient aliens. That's it's not okay. racism. It's aliens. It's aliens. <laughs> so how could, here's, here's the questions posed by our Pose alienologists. Them. Pose away. How could such primitive people thousands of years ago have produced such flawless craft work? How? How could How? brown people have done math? Yes, certainly, certainly not with your primitive stone tools. There is certainly no way that other stone tools could possibly make such precise cuts. Um, no, the intricate details, the perfect right angles, the small drill holes that are precisely like spaced in between each other. All of the sort of routered grooves all point to power tools, even Jewish space lasers. All of it power had to be. Tools. He brought his Makita down there. Yeah, the his, he brought his Milwaukee, you know, <laughs> drill bit there and he put punched some holes in there. He's no. got the diamond head on it goes right through the stone. Yeah, no, it had to be high tech and it had to be alien technology. Got it. Oh, uh, my God. Else, oh, my God. Else could aliens are Jewish. The aliens are Jewish. How could they have prefabricated the blocks the site is famous for if they didn't have some sort of laser cutting technology? Yeah, they couldn't have just like technology. made a stencil or framework no. and filled it. No. no. Power tools brought by the aliens. That's what did it. Okay. Fight. Um, got it. Let's also dig into how the stones even got up the mountain, shall we? Yeah, let's dig. Let's dig those stones. So really rolled on logs up until the point where they were then dragged up the hill, like up the mountain, 13,000 feet up the mountain, please. When these stones are like 131 tons, some of the other stones they found are like 800 tons. How could anybody possibly have the strength and the ability to drag such large stones Flying saucers yeah. could do it. A mountain. No one's that no, stoned. Nobody. Moving the blocks would clearly have required some kind of levitation technology. Big old space forklifts that only the ancient aliens could possibly have in their repertoire of, you know, yeah. machinery. Um, and that is what they had. I mean, you have to look to the legend to prove this. Um, it is believed in the Inca, some legends in Inca tradition say that the giant platforms moved through the air by the sound of a trumpet. Now, the Incas are the dum-dum ones, right? The Incans are the dum-dums. Okay, just keeping track. Yes, so so they were like, no, no, no. We did not, we the Incans did not put the stones up there. The gods created them. The gods put them there. And the, they did and it, any and they floated up the mountain. Advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, i.e. the gods, aliens did it. Aliens used in the sound of a trumpet. It was just doo doo doo, and then the aliens used their levitation technology and floated them bitches up to the top or to their little platform on that's the mountain. That's super convenient. Yeah, yeah, way convenient. But that's how alien it happened. Toots. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, who? Jewish space lasers and alien toots. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So who were who were these aliens? Who are these aliens? Um, the belief is that the Anunnaki were responsible for the um, for the creation. 
Um, the Anunnaki are, of course, of course, we all know this, the advanced humanoid aliens that came from Nibiru. Oh, uh, Nibiru, baby! Yes, Nibiru. <laughs> we talked about Nibiru. Um, who came to Earth to originally mine gold. Eventually created hybrid Anunnaki human chimera that were used as slave miners. Only these race of aliens had to leave the Earth when there was some sort of mythical great flood at some point in human history. They had to leave Earth so they didn't get flooded out. They floated around Earth for a while, came back down and decided, all right, we're going to teach the humans agriculture. That's who the aliens are. And how clearly. Do, yeah, clearly. And how do we know that it is the this particular brand O alien? Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Well, it's because in the year 1950, a local farmer discovered an old ceramic bowl near Tiawanaku. This bowl was is called the Fuente Magna Bowl, and it has old Sumerian and proto-Sumerian hieroglyphics written on it, which date back to about 3000 BC. Now, any scholar any scholar clearly knows that the ancient Sumerians were in league with the Anunnaki. Therefore, the Anunnaki brought the uh, Sumerian bulls, meaning they were the ones who came and constructed. Got it. So they brought a 3,000-year-old bull. They left it there. They dropped it. Mm. And then it was unearthed. And that is the proof that we need. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and yeah, they left Sumeria. They were eating their cup soup. Yep. They hadn't finished it by the time they left Sumeria. So they just brought the bowl they with brought them. It with them. They took it to go. They got there. They just dropped it because now they're done. Yeah. They're like, I don't need this no more. They're like, I'm a, I'm a God alien. I'm gonna teach you all about agriculture. Litter. I'm a litter away. I'm a litter away. This is a ceramic bowl. It's mm. fine. It's fine. It's not plastic. It's not going to ruin the ocean. That's nowhere near here right now. Fish aren't going to eat it. No. So, um, finally the ruins themselves um, it, it shows it's, oh God. Oh, handwriting. How, handwriting. It got real small at the bottom here. How could yeah. something professor like, condom? I got you. Oh yeah. How mm. could something like that possibly fall into ruin? You know, you've got these immaculate stones. You're up in the mountain. Like how, how did they get ruined? Not certainly by a drought. No, 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 not by being outside for a hundred years, no, hundreds of years, thousands of years and not a meteor. God, no. It is clearly nuclear technology that the aliens blasted on Earth that caused the Earth's shield to fail, allowing the sun's rays to come through on this particular place and blow everything Nukes to smithereens. Nukes in all of the world's volcanoes. Xenu, we're Xenu. back to L. Back Ron to So they nuked the ozone. Because it, yeah, just a very small part of the ozone so the sun's rays could shoot down specifically onto this one site you, and blow it up. So that way the, the earthlings would never know about their sort of rock... I, farm yeah are you, are you sure that this is not a scientology creation myth maybe it is it sounds a lot like it, it. feels like it at this point yeah um and then also i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you with uh, a little hypothesis that the television program ancient aliens gave me oh great um which the scholars is over at ancient aliens these scholars um one of these scholars investigated the h stones and he interlocked them he put them into his computer and he looked at it and he goes you know if you laid them out flat it looks like it was maybe some sort of runway, a runway for the spacecraft. 
Oh, oh, if I take all of these blocks and, and I, I lay, lay them in them a row, next they're to each a other. row. It makes a row and that, you know how it forms and it forms Because you know what a, a runway, runway is? A line of blocks. A wow. runway. Runway to get there because aliens created this place. Why did ancient aliens need a runway? To la- launch their spacecraft. Obviously, because they work like airplanes. Yeah, 100%. Duh. Duh. We because all their know. flying saucers work like Boeing 747s. Because they are the same. How do you think we got airplane technology? We took it from we alien took it from technology. The aliens. All right. So there you go. All right. It all tracks. It, it all tracks. tracks. Hell yeah. So that is the story of Puma Punku in Bolivia, South America. I love it. Yeah. Interesting. So weird. But anyway, friend, tell us about this beer. Okay, so this beer, again, this is called Planet Utah, mm-hmm. also from Aliens. It's got a little alien on it. It's got a little alien spacey ship. It's a double IPA. Mm-hmm. It's 8%. Okay. Yipes. Which is, I mean, uh, honestly, as far as doubles go, when it's- I realized I had done this to myself today, I was like, oh, God, it's only eight. Thank, Thank goodness. God. Yeah, for sure. Um, it says attention earthlings a new double IPA has landed well balanced with deep malt no shit yeah. it's red it is a red beer um, an elevated hop character brewed by yeah Silver Reef Brewing Company in the heart of St. George um, it is very malty okay How but sweet also is very it? hoppy oh really it yeah. is a very heavy IPA okay this whole show, I have drank not even half of it. Yeah, it's a sipper. Because it's, it's very heavy, mm-hmm. but it is really good. Okay. Oh, well, that's nice. I mean, malty and hoppy. It's kind of like a marriage of, you know. East meets it def- west. It's a yeah, beer it, chimera. It beer definitely, mira. like, it smells hoppy. Mm-hmm. It hits your mouth with that malty, like, thick, rolly goodness. Yeah. And then it leaves the hop aftertaste. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right, that's it a- is very good. It it is. Um, I would say it's one note, except it's two notes because it's malt and hops. Yeah. Um, but I honestly, for like a winter IPA, it's mm-hmm. nice because it's like a hearty, thick, malty yeah. IPA. It's like a it's like a wonderful warm knit blanket from your grandmother in, in beer, beer form. form. Yeah, yeah. If you're, it's a nip blanket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, hey, this is the part of the show where old pal Bob gets to pick a winner. Hey, guess what I love? Jewish space lasers. Just blow us up. I've had it with this shit. Hey, you know what else I love? Edward Condom. What a guy. Love it. Put him on your dick. No more babies. You know what else I love? L. Ron Hubbard's baby cigarettes. Just smoke them (laughs) shits, man. I'm tired. You can kill these babies, too. You know what else I love? I love a good vanilla queef. Mm, What a nice smell. If there's one thing I love more than anything, it's an ink and jizz road trip movie. Melissa wins. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, man. Broken Lizard presents ink and jizz trip road trip movie. Oh, God. Gross. They would 100% make that. Oh, 100%. And if they do, then we know they listen to the show. Yeah, I mean, we would make it as well, to be fair. True. (laughs) Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Yes, please tune in next week. Yeah, we'll probably, probably be back on our ghost bullshit, but no promises. promises. We don't know. We don't know. Can't tell me. New Year, same old us. Yep. Unreliable. (laughs) Yeah. So come back next week and there'll be booze. And, but there will be Bruce. There will be Bruce. Yes. So until until then. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> They're cans. What? Hang on.
don't know. It didn't work. Um, what? It's, it's a Barbie and Ken love fest over there with bubbly cans. <laughs> 